Hey, welcome to another episode of I'm Chris the Dom One Podcast, episode 52. How you living? I'm living swell. We're going to have a jam-packed episode, all right? So without further ado, let's continue, all right? The first thing I want to talk about, and a lot of people, when they hear this, they're going to be like, man, whoa, I think this is a little too fast, you know? And before I begin today's topic, I first like to give out a shout out. I mean, well, not a shout out. Uh, my condolences to Chadwick Bozeman's family. Okay, uh, you know, I, you know, when the news broke over the weekend, my heart just dropped to the floor. Guys, we're missing uh, someone all off this planet. Off this universe, uh, Chadwick Bozeman, his legacy as an actor, as even a personality, just a, a person in general, kind, warm hearted, very talented, very talented. Uh, I know he's more famous for the Black Panther, uh, you know, uh, with the Captain America Civil War. It was he was introduced there. Then um, I believe it's uh, then the movie itself, and then Infinity War, and I might be uh, I might twist those two. I, I don't know. I, I, I probably got them in in in, in the wrong order. But um, and he also played in a lot of other films that I don't think a lot of people uh, recognize. Okay, he was in Jackie Robinson uh, biopic, James Brown biopic. Uh, he was in a lot of movies, uh, uh, and, and, you know, uh, great talent. Okay. A super talent. And I guess, and if guys, if you haven't seen the rest of the movies he's been in, I suggest you go out and cop those movies, maybe watch them, uh, over the weekend. The one movie I haven't seen, and I believe it's his last movie, uh, was, and I think, and maybe I got the title wrong, but I think it was 42 Bridge or something like that, uh, where he's a detective. I haven't seen that movie yet. I'm definitely going to uh, watch it uh, like maybe a couple of weeks from now when I go on vacation. But the guy was super ultra talented, warm, kind hearted. You know, you know, say a lot of powerful, had a lot of powerful messages. Uh, on his social media platforms, okay? He wasn't that type of brother that was feeling himself, uh, only thinking about himself. He, you know, he really embraced the African-American community like we all should, okay? He he wore that on his sleeve. And uh, man, that, I mean, I can go on and on and on and, and give accolades uh, to Chadwick Bo- uh, Bozeman, but my condolences to his family, RIP to him. We're going to, he's going to be sorely, sorely missed on, on this planet. And moving forward, I'm a huge comic book nerd. Okay. I love comics. Okay. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to collect all the comic books. And my favorite comic was Black Panther because I can identify to that superhero, I can identify to him more than any other uh character in dc or marvel okay now i had my my i had my usual suspects my favorites 
the Superman, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Batman, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of iconic, uh, characters from Marvel and DC that I used to, you know, you know, know, lay in bed and read those comics. But my favorite comic that, you know, gave me belief, uh, you know, that I can become because this, the Black Panther, he had the same skin color as me maybe not the same, we may not have the same path, but I can identify to this character, okay? And I used to, you know, have, you know, in Halloween, I would, uh, uh, you know, get a Black Panther costume, which they were hard to come by, okay? I remember my mom would have to drive uh, three or four states just to find a Black Panther costume, okay? It was getting so bad where she was thinking about maybe making a Black Panther costume for me. All right, because it was so hard to find that character because you know you had your average characters, you had your Supermans, your Batmans, this, that, and the third, but no Black Panther. Okay, so I say all that to say this: uh, the Black Panther universe, which Disney and Marvel was trying to uh, evolve and start making sequels on was just getting started you know when he was introduced in the civil war you know there was really it wasn't much of a background uh the origins of black panther when he came out with his movie they sort of broke it in slowly but there was really the movie was really trying to sink in line with infinity war and uh you know he was also in uh infinity war right uh so went uh you know where fan well fanos just snapped his fingers and half the people uh disappeared okay uh and 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 i might and i might got the title of affinity war wrong okay so um in other words you saw the timeline of black panther and how ultimately this was going to be an iconic character. This was one before the pandemic. This was one of those movies. I mean, those uh, projects that was uh, that was going to line up heavily with the Justice Leagues, the Batman's, the Superman, Joker. It was it was that important of a character. And uh, when they rolled out Phase Two. Uh, the first thing they uh, they the first movie that they uh, you know was trying to roll out with was Captain Marvel. Uh, you know, a lot of people w- was skeptic about that uh, about that movie. Uh, you know, even though uh, the actress played, uh, you know, there was a Miss Marvel, but in the Marvel comic books, uh, Captain Marvel was uh, a male and had his own comic. And, uh, you know, and I dabbled into that comic. I never got into the the hype into Captain Marvel because I felt like he was a copied a character that, you know, you know, Marvel wanted a competition for Superman. All right. An alien from another planet uh, that travels from galaxies and, and things of that nature. Uh, they was trying to uh have that type of character similar to uh superman for dc and i wasn't a real captain marvel fan by any stretch of the imagination but i understand i understand what the character represents and um when when uh, captain marvel came out a lot of, you know even though it it blew up in the box box office sold a lot of tickets you know people were trying people were basically saying you know marvel and disney was disney 
was trying to promote this uh, this feminine movement, uh, you know, and it was really trying to push a, 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 a superhero who's a woman. So, and that's when you had the onslaught of other uh, uh, women as superheroes, Supergirl, Batwoman, uh, and I think I'm missing some other Wonder Woman. And I feel like out of all those uh, movies that shows uh, women as heroic, I feel like the Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman's movie was uh, uh, was good. It was it, it was a great movie. And I felt like that truly represented. I think that was the best movie overall out of all the projects. OK, and a lot of people just didn't like it. OK, now let's go back to. Um, you know, uh, Chadwick Boseman, who represented uh, Black Panther to the T. I don't think there's another actor that can fill the shoes of Chadwick Boseman as him portraying uh, Black Panther. But, uh, you know, if they want to continue, which they are going to continue a sequel for Black Panther, because that's going to tell the other side of the Black Panther story. And I was, you know, I was saying on my social media page, wow, who are they going to get to be the next Black Panther? And, um, you know, I had a lot of choices. Uh, David Washington, I I believe that's his name. Uh, You know, um, uh, you know, uh, I I feel like the, the, the actor who played in Tenet, who's uh, Denzel Washington's son, possibility he can play uh, Black Panther. Okay, there's a possibility out there that he can possibly play, uh, play Black Panther. I feel like the the, the shipman, ship, uh, keep, I keep forgetting his name. Every time I do research on him, I have, I have his name in my mind, but then when I um, do my videos or my podcast, somehow, somewhere, his name escaped me. And the reason why his name escaped me because he really hasn't been in no in a film that that's the film that's going to elevate him now he 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 played Tupac in All Eyes on Me and he was great in that movie even though the writing was was skeptical uh and uh, the whole movie in general what you know it could have been better all right uh but you know that could have been a role that could have elevated him into prime time okay not you know he's basically uh undiscovered uh actor and due to this pandemic it's slowing a lot of people's uh bag down and it's slowing a lot of people's brands down and you know he was riding the steam of that of tupac as well as uh he was in a, a movie and i forgot the name of the movie uh and and with ti and um ooh, who's that other oh um um, uh, Wesley Snipes is in this movie as well. Uh, but see, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, he, he just didn't, you know, he was just starting to have a catalog of movies where you can, you know, just like Chadwick Boseman, where you can just go down the line and go, okay, yeah, uh, you know, uh, you know, this guy is rising. Look at all the projects that he has at his uh, disposal. And to me, with due to this pandemic, it slowed a lot of things down. 
and and it also slowed his momentum down. So he's got, you know, uh, he's got a long way to go to get back into the to the uh, mainstream spotlight. But to me, I like him as an actor. Just he hasn't have he just didn't have he just don't have that one role that identifies him and separates him from the rest. Okay, so uh, a lot of people were talking about that, and the one person, and if they go to this guy. And if he accepts this role, will fit in perfectly. I don't think he can. Uh, I don't think uh, you know if he takes the Black Panther mantle, and then we just all of a sudden forget about Chadwick Boseman. He's not, you know, that elite. And I don't think anybody is that elite, to be perfectly honest with you. But to me, Michael B. Jordan will be a great. Uh, you know, Black Panther. Now, now there is some speculation, uh, specul- speculation, speculation, speculation uh, in the uh, in the rumor mills. Uh, some people feel like Marvel and DC. Well, I'm sorry, Marvel and Disney is thinking about going the way of you know, even in the comics, Black Panther was uh, was also represented as a female. In some of in, in, in some of his comics, okay, and uh, a little known fact: when they had the Civil War, uh, Captain America guarded Wakanda while uh, you know uh, you know Black Panther was away, so he was temporarily uh, Wakanda's uh, a guardian, temporarily, and uh, you know they created his shield and, and, and all that stuff. So. And they played a little bit of it in the the Affinity War saga, okay? But it was much more deeper than that in the comics, okay? I felt like that was a story that they could have told. But, you know, look, you, you don't have that much time to tell all the stories of all the Marvel characters in a two-hour, three-hour span, okay? So, um... There, there, there's rumors that they, they're trying to, they may go to uh, 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 making uh, Black Panther a female, which is okay, all right? But to me, let's get the original Black Panther's character, I mean, his his story done uh, before we go to that angle. Have I have no problems of, of watching a Black, uh, uh, an African-American female representing uh black panther but we haven't finished the saga on the original black panther okay you know so there, there's speculations and talk about that but there's one thing that i check in a lot of, of the uh, you know in the rumor mill and i and and i even said it on social media uh michael b jordan being the black panther now he was killmonger he died in the original Black Panther but you know writers are very clever Hollywood is very clever somehow some way they can uh you know write a story in where he comes back and he's now uh you know the the next Black Panther you know the way how they the way how they um how they set up when even though the characters came back in the last edition of of the Avengers, you know, somehow, some way, he could have gotten injured in that final fight. Or, I mean, when you talk about the 
uh, Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther, they can write it into where he no longer wants it or, you know, he wants to focus more on his family or, you know, he got he he he, he got injured uh, in the final war and uh, somehow, some way uh, or, or he can or yeah, they can do like Captain America. Captain America, you know, gave up being captain, gave up being in that time span, gave up being Captain America just to fall back, go back into yesteryear to fall back in love with his first uh, his first girlfriend. Okay, Steve Rogers. Okay, so there's a lot of ways you can uh, spin this to make this possible for Killmonger to be the next Black Panther. He can learn his ways sort of and bring him back you know which is kind of creepy and odd when you think about it uh you know uh you know particularly with uh Chadwick Boseman uh you know and uh his his lost I mean well his death and now you're talking about bringing someone back from the dead I can understand how that could be very sensitive uh uh well insensitive and kind of in a way kind of disrespectful to to him but i'm only folk but i'm only talking about the black panther the character the comic book black panther there's ways you can bring uh you can uh you know bring killmonger back and he can continue the sequel of black panther and maybe possibly the third uh addition to black panther uh, obviously this uh, these could be three movie deals okay so and you can uh, easily put him into the next phase of Marvel. Which, you know, Captain Marvel was going to be in the next phase. Well, Miss Marvel, even though in the movies they call her Captain Marvel, she's really Miss Marvel. Uh, Black Panther, Doctor Strange. Uh, you know, when you're talking about the next gen- uh, uh, generation of characters, plus the new characters that they've been... that. It's also been speculated that's going to have, uh, you know, film projects behind them. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like uh, Michael B. Jordan can can easily, uh, you know, uh, continue to, the role of Black Panther. Two things are going to have to happen. Michael B. Jordan will want to accept this. And he may not accept it. Okay. And uh, to the fans... You know, I feel like the fans would love for Michael B. Jordan to come back. Okay, uh, I don't, you know, but you're gonna also have a group of people that's gonna say, you know, this is, you know, kind of weird, kind of spooky, kind of odd, and those are people that are not familiar with the comic book world. Okay, uh, they're looking at it as a movie. You know, they're looking at it as shoes that, that cannot be filled. Okay, and you know, uh, you know. I understand where people are coming from, but but what people don't understand is like Green Lantern in the DC world, you know, there was different uh, evolutions of Green Lantern. There was different characters of Green Lantern from different planets, from different galaxies. Okay. That had the Lantern Wars. All right. I know a lot of you guys are not familiar with that. You're just only thinking about the Ryan Reynolds uh, Green Lantern uh, character. But there was like different Green Lanterns in the Green Lantern universe. That's similar to Black Panther. There was different people representing Black Panther. 
All right. So we're just going to have to wait and see on that. Uh, I know I spent way too much time on that. Um, So let's just go ahead and move on to the next topic. And I talked about it briefly on my last episode about Joe Button. You know, he's leaving Spotify. And, um, you know, no, uh, you know, we all knew there were speculations about it. But Joe Button let it be known on one of his episodes how about he's leaving Spotify because, you know, uh, you know, the money, the bag just wasn't there. All right. Simply wasn't there. So uh, people started uh, responding to Joe's Button initial response about why he's leaving Spotify, even though when he first uh, talked about it, he was very vague about it. Okay, he was just basically saying, and you know, I get where Joe Button is talking about. All right, okay, he signed a two-year deal. Six months into the two-year deal, they wanted to uh, uh, renegotiate his contract. And at that point, he says, no, I'm just going to gamble on myself. And if we get more popular than what we are now, at the, uh, almost at the end of my contract, then I would want uh, a bigger a bigger bag. I would want more control on, uh, you know, my, um, my future with Spotify. In other words, like Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is making $100 with Spotify. Ben Simmons is making a lot of money uh, with Spotify. Is it Ben Simmons? Yeah, it's Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons podcast. He's making a lot of money with Spotify. Okay, there's a lot of people that... uh, There's a lot of people on Spotify that Spotify signed is making major coin in these podcast streets. And Joe Button is, you know... not making nowhere near those two people I just mentioned, okay? And a lot of people are also pointing to the fact that uh, the difference between Joe Button's deal, and, you know, I hate when people start comparing deals with other people, uh, and they're, like, in two different spaces. They're they're dealing with two different types of companies. Uh, a lot of people started comparing Joe Button's deal to what uh, Million Dollars Worth of Game, Gilly the Kids podcast, where he's partnering, he's partnering up with Barstool Sports, but when you look at Joe Button podcast, he's not really part, he's not partnering up, part, partner, part, partner, he's not part, is it partner or partnering up with uh, Spotify? You know, he's just signed to Spotify exclusively for Spotify. All right. And uh, and I can also understand Joe Button wanting his podcast on every outlet, not only Spotify, but, uh, you know, uh, the Apple podcast, uh, you know, and it's going to be like that. It's going to be on all types of platforms where you listen to podcasts. OK, and where he's going to make major coin. OK, and there's a possibility he could uh, go to iTunes and, and I and iTunes. And Apple's, uh, he signs an exclusive deal with Apple. Okay, so Joe Button has a lot of doors he can uh, go into. All right, and a, a lot of people are pointing out that you know uh, Charlemagne the God, Sh- Charlemagne the God even referenced this. A lot of people are referencing this how Joe Button is 
too emotional to make deals and he should have his lawyers, his agency make the deals and he's not in the room, okay? Because, um, you know, they will make the best deal for Joe Button. But Joe Button is hands-on, okay? If you ever dealt, if you under, if you know anything about Joe Button's story, he's hands-on with all his deals. He's not the type of person that's going to sit back and let someone speak for him. Speak for him. He's going to be in the room speaking for him. Now he's going to be heavily represented by his lawyers, his agency, this, that, and the third. Okay, but he's mainly going to take control of the ship of the wheel when it comes to negotiating uh, Joe Button. All right. So uh, a lot of people are saying that you know he should he should take a back seat to that because he's very emotional. He based his decisions on his emotion. And that's why he's no longer with Spotify, all right? Um, And I can understand where Joe Button is saying, Joe Button is saying, yeah, what they offered me uh, a year back was a great deal. But now I'm in a different stratosphere. I should get even a greater deal. And he also referenced on his rebuttal how... uh, yeah, I was making. I was. They was going. They gave me major coin, but they was getting even more coin, which falls in line with with what everybody's saying is. Even though his deal, when you look at it financially, he had no issues with the coins. He had issues with the contract itself of control and ownership. Okay, which goes back to what a lot of people were saying. Well, that's different between his. Uh, and I hate when people do this, compare deals from two different companies, from two different personalities. When they when they harbor back to Gilly the Kid, Wallow, how they partner with Barstool. Barstool does not own uh, Million Dollars Worth of Game. They own Million Dollars Worth of Game, and Million Dollars Worth of Game is distributed a partner with Barstools. Where when you look at... Um, when you look at um, Joe Button, he just signed an exclusive deal with Spotify where, yeah, he's going to get money. But uh, is it all about the money? Is it all about the coins or is it all about control, flexibility and uh, influence? And that's what Joe Button is seeking in his next uh, expansion with Spotify. And Spotify said, no, you know, when you're in a contract negotiation, you're going to get the best deal for yourself. But at the same time, who you're laying in bed with, who you uh, negotiating with, they're going to get even a bigger deal in a bigger stake. Okay, they're going to make tons of money and they're going to have bigger stake when it comes to your control and how little control you have, how little influence you have. Okay, and, uh, you know, that's where they could not agree. You know, I understand what Joe Button is saying. You know, he did a rebuttal, you know, calling people stupid and idiotic. Once again, being too emotional with people's response. You know, he's, you know, uh, calling people stupid, calling Charlemagne the God. He didn't know what he was talking about. I understand where Joe Button is coming from. It's not about the money per se. It's about control, influence and flexibility. He wants control on his IP, all right? 
He wants the flexibility to expand and evolve and move on without Spotify making money off of that, where he's making money off of that. He wants he, he wants movement. He wants flexibility. I understand what Joe Button is talking about. However, when you say you have the number one podcast and then comes to find out, yeah, you have the you, you have the number one podcast, but in hip hop, that's different. Joe Button has the number one podcast. I mean, not Joe Button. Joe Rogan has the number one podcast of all categories. You know, even though Joe Button uh, is is up there, Gilly the Kid is up there. All right, but if uh, but to me, I feel like Joe Button could have easily had that deal before. And a lot of people miss this backstory. Okay. They missed this backstory. You know, even though he had the Joe Button podcast, he didn't have that type of flexibility, that type of deal that he that he was with when he signed with Spotify, the two year deal. A lot of people uh, uh, fell to forget that two year deal with Spotify. He was in a lot of stuff uh, with Complex. You know, uh, he wanted ownership in Viacom. And they said no. So he left, and he also wanted um, control on uh, his 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 the staff. Uh, he he wanted to get uh, a DJ Academics off of Everyday Struggle, and you know Viacom just said no. So he moved on to Revoke. Okay, State of the uh, State of the Nation. I, I like State of the Nation, but do I always watch it? No. He also got his own little separate entity from State of the Nation, the pull-up or whatever. I, I don't know what season is in, okay? But I, I, I don't watch that whatsoever. Uh, but I, you know, but to get my Joe Button fixed, I'd rather watch his podcast on YouTube or listen to it than any of those things that he's doing. You know, I feel like Joe Button by himself is not entertaining to me. Joe Button needs somebody, an uh, uh, an antagonist. He needs somebody where, uh, you know, uh, you know, he does. He needs someone who's the polar opposite of him. All right, that's what makes Joe Button very successful, very popular with Everyday Struggle. When you look at him and DJ Academics, they were the polar opposites of each other. You have Joe Button who's critically acclaimed as a musician, an artist, on reality shows, uh, even the podcast. He he, He was one of the pioneers of podcasting. You know, he had a lot of stuff going on, which he created his own buzz and his own content. When you look at DJ Academics on the other hand, he's the complete opposite. Not to say DJ Academic is not talented but look at the origin of dj academics he's really known for doing videos about the killings the shootings and murder and murder of chicago and he would do documentary these miniature video documentaries on his youtube channel so basically he's he's you know he's taking something else that's not his own content okay he just and which is nothing wrong with that. I don't have nothing against it. But Joe Button is here because of his, because of what he brings. 
his original content, okay? DJ Academic is here because of his, you know, uh, being a journalist. And he looked at it as being a journalist covering the Chicago uh, killings and murders, gang activities, you know, Chirac and, 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 and all that stuff, okay? Bringing that to a to the forefront to, uh, you know, mainstream. And, uh, you know, that's where, you know, he gotten popular and popular and popular so much so where, you know, he's an influencer in the hip hop music world. OK, so they're, they're, they're like two different backgrounds. And I can understand how that worked, how that formula worked, because there are two polar opposites. And that's what made everyday struggles so popular because they could never agree. And they did have times when they did agree. But the times that they disagreed, they were. Uh, you know, NBA fantastic. I mean, everybody was was thoroughly entertained when they uh, had a disconnect or disagreement, okay? So that's what made them popping in everyday struggle. When they went their separate ways, everyday struggle dropped off the map, even though they still keep funneling out shows. And the Joe Button podcast, you know, he will be hot and cold in, in certain days and certain weeks. I feel like he was really hot. I, he's really hot when uh, they even have a, you know, like with the Nicki Minaj thing, which to me, and I don't want to make this podcast any longer than it has to be. When he did a Nicki Minaj thing, Nicki Minaj was coming at him like, you know, you said a lot of questionable stuff about me and I'm about, and I'm here to address it. And Joe Button was trying to make it into, you know, kitty friendly, you know, oh, you know, hey, you know, it's not like that. You know, he didn't have that same energy with Nicki Minaj like he did with DJ Academics. Why? Because Joe Button respects Nicki Minaj as a creator. Nicki Minaj is on this planet because she can create, she can, she's talented enough to create her own talent. She don't piggyback off of other people's talent. All right. Uh, she might co- do collabs, but she creates her, uh, her own buzz and her own talent. And so, and Joe Button respects that. All right. Plus Nicki Minaj is in a, when you look at the spectrum, she's, her, she's, she's a bigger brand than Joe Button. All right. So, uh, that's why he didn't, you know, keep the same energy with uh, Nicki Minaj like uh, like he did with uh, DJ Academics because he respects uh, Nicki Minaj. Okay, so um, yeah, I understand what Joe Button is, is saying, and the reason why I, I I told you all this stuff five minutes ago is to build up evidence to show to you guys that. You know, it's not the fact that Joe Button is mentally unstable, okay? But I think he goes into every decision, business, financial, shows, podcasts, the same way, all right? He he let his uh, emotion beat him in a lot of things. Uh, If he would have played it smart, say, hey, let's just, Spotify, let's just wait. Until this contract's up, then we'll negotiate for another contract, and um, he'll have to do some give and take, okay? Because you know you're at the mercy of your last contract, not what you've done thus far, not 
with all the accolades and all that stuff, you're at the mercy at your own contract. And if your own contract was you didn't really too much care about, you know, influence or or control or how, uh, uh, you know, or, or how much flexibility that you have in your contract when you want to do sponsorship deals and things of that nature. But now you do, you, you have to go in with that mindset. Like, look, you signed that first contract. You didn't give a damn about that stuff. Now all of a sudden you give a damn about that stuff. So it's a give and take. There's going to be c- certain things that you're going to get out of this contract. And there's going to be certain things that uh, you're not going to get. And likewise with Spotify. And I think Spotify is fully aware of that okay so you have to go in expecting you're not going to get everything you want in this contract okay the reason why joe rogan is getting a hundred dollar the hundred million dollar deal is because of his first contract so far with spotify like i said you can only negotiate you can only the only position you are when renegotiating a contract is the previous contract that you signed Okay, your first contract says a lot about you. A lot of people don't want to admit to that. A lot of when you sign up for a car loan and they in your last car loan, you was upside down in it. You don't think uh, the car dealerships are not going to manipulate manipulate that to their advantage. How you finance so high, how your credit score and how your credit score wasn't that good on your first car loan. And then like three or four years down the road, it, go, it moves up in points. But you can come in demanding uh, a low interest rate and no down payment and, and, and this, that, and the third. Once again, you're at the mercy of your previous contract. Okay, so... It is what it is. So, uh, moving away from Joe Button, real fast, real quick. Uh, Brad Stevenson in the NBA. It should get a lot of props with the Boston Celtics. A lot of major props with the Boston Celtics. As it looked, it looked like they're going to have no problem moving on to the Eastern Conference. With the team that he has. You know, Kimball Walker, um, you know, Smart, and I, I, uh, 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 Jalen Brown. Uh, shoot, I keep forgetting the other cat's name. Um, the light skinned brother. He'll come to me later on. But and and the other and the bench, the the bench players that he have, the role players that he have, the starting lineup that he has. He has a complete team. All right, and I told people this on my YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. People really don't give respect to the Boston Celtics from the top to the bottom. When it comes to Danny Ames, the coach, uh, the players that they uh, that they draft, the players that they sign, they don't get, they don't sell all their, all their acquisitions for one acquisition, like what the Lakers did with AD. They, they don't they don't do deals like that all right and that's why uh they have a that's why they're having no problems going deep in the playoffs possibly uh maybe going into the finals okay and it's due to the organization 
how they how they construct things. All right. And when you look at Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving had the opportunity to continue with the Boston Celtics. But he chose to leave the Boston Celtics to team up with Kevin Durant, which that's a good one. That's that's a good player to join the Brooklyn Nets that already had a good squad. They went into the playoffs with no star talent, have a great bench. Coach uh, fits perfectly with what they already had. But now when you got these two high profile star players, such as Kevin Durant, and uh, Kyrie Irving, now this coach is all of a sudden garbage, all right? This coach did had little of nothing on his roster and had winning successful seasons, regular seasons. Uh, they represented in the playoffs. They just couldn't get over the hump. Sort of like Brad Stevenson, right? Brad Stevenson would have winnable seasons, would go into the playoffs only uh, uh, either in the second round or the Eastern Conference Finals. They just did not have enough. And, you know, that was it. It's amazing how if you keep the if you keep the coach that's consistently successful and maybe and, and draft and draft and draft good and put the right key free agents that fits that system it's amazing how far you can flourish and advance in the NBA it's amazing when you give up on a coach too fast then you give up on the system when you give up on the system you give up on the players that benefited in that system and then you're always playing catch-up every season. Playing catch-up, okay? Trading these three players for that one player. Saving here in the salary cap. Um, you know, you didn't get the coach you wanted, so you had to get the second best coach, the third best coach that was on your top five. And you're always playing catch-up. Danny Ainge stayed par for the course, took break stayed with Brad Stevenson, stayed with the philosophy, stayed with the system, trust the process. Uh, got uh, Kyrie Irving left. Kimball Walker was present. They took Kimball Walker. And look where they are today. And look where the Brooklyn Nets are today. Not to say that the Brooklyn Nets are not or are, are not going to uh, you know, be an inform uh, uh, a matchup of the ages. We saw glimpses of Kyrie Irving, but we also saw glimpses of the same old Kyrie Irving. You know, flourishing in some games and in other games, he had to sit out because he's he's injury prone. At this state of of time in Kyrie Irving's uh, career, he's injury prone. I, can Kyrie Irving? Uh, make it through a whole NBA season? That's the question that a lot of people are wondering. Kevin Durant. How is Kevin Durant going to be after uh, after that ACL? When, um, uh, when he re-injured again with the Golden State Warriors. 
Haven't seen him on the court yet. How does Ke- the Kevin Durant uh, matches with Kyrie Irving's talent? And how does the, the, those two players match with uh, what you have on the roster? And I'm going to tell you what you're going to get. You're going to get similarities of the Oklahoma City Thunder where Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook were playing with one another. You know, Kevin Durant, he's gonna, he's not gonna, he's not gonna flirt. When he finally gets on the court, he's he's gonna take his time. Tempo. You know, he's not gonna play a lot of full games. He's gonna try to get uh, you know, in he's gonna he's already in shape, but in basketball shape. It's gonna take him maybe half of a season if we go back to the regular season format where he's gonna take his time. On, on, on those legs on those knees and during that time he's going to be uh, you know floating around uh, the corners he's going to be uh, getting everyone else involved pretty much similar he's going to allow he's going to allow um, Kyrie Irving to be the alpha and the mega when it comes to the offense he's going to allow him to push He's going to allow him to get other people involved. He's going to allow to get even uh, a KD involved. And I feel like that's a recipe for disaster because when you overuse and overplay your hand with Kyrie Irving in that mindset, you're going to get uh, the possibility of him, uh, in, you know, being injured. He's injury prone. He hasn't proven he can play a whole NBA season without being injured. Okay, and you still don't know the status of of Kevin Durant. Is is he gonna be like Kyrie Irving? Is he gonna be injury prone? Are there gonna be games where they're gonna be in and out of the lineup? This is uncharted territory. All right. Are they gonna make the playoffs? Yes. How far along they're gonna advance in the playoffs? How far along health-wise that both of those guys are going to stay healthy in the playoffs? You're going to start hearing a lot of terminology next year. Reduce play. Time off. Load management. Seeing how the other players play around one of the players. Trying things out. One game is your is is your day to wreck. Another game is my day to wreck. You're gonna hear all those terminologies when those guys are fully healthy and we have a full regular season. Trying to play with each other. You're gonna hear all that type of stuff. All the excuses. Well, and then, and the person that's going to be hurt the most is the coach. The coach is going to be the first one to go. Um, Kyrie Irving's not too fond of him. Did it? Oh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They got rid of their coach. I will be damned. Okay. So, all this is, so they already moved to the fo- to the front of the, the coach. Now, the players. 
players that fit in that coach system, in that coach style and mindset, those players are going to be tradable. And that's when you're going to start seeing the demise of the Brooklyn Nets uh, that, that you are custom of seeing. Where you're going to start depending all the bulk of your games on those two questionable players that haven't made strides or you don't even know without a shadow of a doubt, they're going to play the whole season, the whole entire season. So that's all I got, man. Damn. 50 minutes just blew by. Blue by god damn so i really do real quick i really do appreciate everyone sharing my links to my podcast uh this podcast has been doubling in numbers uh i would like to see us make even better numbers okay so share this content with your friend family and followers get the movement active and going okay It's your boy, the host with the most outro people.